0: Real power can whisper and get its point across. And that is today's Morning Moxie. Welcome to the Morning Moxie show. I am your host, Alicia Sharp. And today we have Stephen Furtick on the show for part two of his message about not staying comfortable. Here's Stephen. Verse 21 says, they went to Capernaum. I've been there. I've actually been to Capernaum, and our guide Arye said that I was saying it wrong. He said, "Not Capernaum, Kephar Nehum." Took me seven times to say it, and until and he, he was satisfied, he said, Kephar, Kefar Nehum, Nehum, Kefar village, Nehum comforter, like the minor prophet Nehum." He said, "Say it again, Kefar, Kefar Nehum, Nehum, Kefar, Kefar Nehum." Stress on the K from matter. What matters? What it means, what it means, village of the Comforter. Isn't that cool? He said, You call it Capernaum, and you missed the whole point. It, It means Kephar, village, Nahum, Comforter, village of the Comforter. They went to Capernaum. Hold that. It's really important to what I want to say. They went to Kephar, Nahum. And when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach as a guest speaker. This was customary. The people were amazed at his teaching. Ooh, this is good. Preach, Pastor, amen. Because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. But remember, I told you last week the greatest proclamation of the gospel is not explanation, it's demonstration. I said that in case you're not good with your words. You might preach the gospel louder than me without saying a thing just by how you do your business or how you treat people or how you respond to your wife. So Jesus is proclaiming the word of God, explaining or teaching, and they're amazed. Ooh, wow. Ah, uh, ah, ha- uh, hashtag amazing, hashtag authority, hashtag this guy. Um, just then, verse 23, a man in their synagogue… Whose synagogue? Whose Who's synagogue? Jesus is just a guest preacher. He's not the senior pastor. He's just getting to Capernaum. Now, he's going to base his whole ministry out of Kephar Nahum. He's going to do a couple dozen miracles. 22 biblical miracles are in Kephar Nahum, village of the Comforter. And so Jesus comes and he calls the disciples. He gets his circle right. He does not call the people who make him comfortable, he calls the people who will make him effective. Even to say that coming into your calling means coming out of your comfort zone should be validated by the fact that for Jesus to save you, he had to step out of heaven. For Jesus to fulfill his calling as the lamb slain from the foundation of the earth, he had to lay the riches and glory of heaven aside. And here we stand sometimes and, and we, we, we will not step away from our heated seats and luxury lives and broken beliefs long enough to get outside of our comfort zone and step into our calling. Well, now Jesus is in Capernaum, but he does not come just to comfort the people. He comes to confront the system that has imprisoned the people. What happens next? has never happened to me in a sermon, and I pray that it doesn't. Just then… I've had a lot of stuff happen while I preach. I've had people get up and walk out. I don't know if they're mad or had a full bladder. I don't know, but I've had people get up and walk out. I've had people say weird things during my sermon, do weird things during my sermon. Never had this, and please don't try it today. Just then, a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out. Just then, a man who was in their synagogue… Now listen, you don't just go to synagogue because you feel like it every first Sunday or on Easter and Christmas. He was a part of their synagogue, so it stands to reason he had been there many times before. He had sat and listened to the teaching and instruction. As little as we know about him, we have reason to believe he was a regular, a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit or an unclean spirit, or maybe your version of the Bible says a demon, or the King James says a devil, it doesn't matter what you call it. It was dysfunctional. Something dysfunctional in this man stood up when Jesus spoke. Something dysfunctional in this man cried out when Jesus spoke with authority. An evil spirit cried out. "What?" do you want with us Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him." He didn't need a seance. He didn't need seven steps. Just the virtue of the power. I feel like preaching the Bible today. The power of his word, made flesh in this man, drove the dysfunction out of the man. Come out of him, you unclean spirit." I don't think Jesus screamed it. I don't think he had to. Real power can whisper and get its point across. And the evil spirit shook. Jesus didn't touch the man, but he started shaking, and the man was violently convulsing on the floor. But even though the demon put up a fight, it had to come out when Jesus spoke. I can't tell if y'all met me in church today or if I'm doing this by myself, because I think we need to speak to some things in the presence of God today that have occupied space in our spirit and in our minds and in our families and in our schools and in our generational bloodline. Somebody shall come out, and the Spirit came out with a shriek. The power of God is not always pretty. See, this man is shaking on the floor. We just want a nice, clean path with roses and chrysanthemums, and we walk down the aisle and accept Jesus and everything is all right. But some stuff in your life will not come out unless it is confronted. It has to be confronted or it will not come out. Shout it again in the back. Come out. Come out, and and the spirit obeyed Jesus. What I can't figure out and this is what I've been studying this week in preparation for our time together is why this man was able to sit in their synagogue for so long. And the evil spirit was comfortable church but when Jesus showed up I said when Jesus showed up when the Son of God showed up I'm not preaching this one for everybody this is just for a few of y'all when Jesus shows up power shows up when Jesus shows up demons tremble when Jesus shows up Dysfunction has nowhere to hide and nowhere to run, and we came to declare today to every evil spirit in our city, come out in the name of Jesus. How many times had he been to church possessed by this? Demon don't get caught up on demon. I know some of y'all are so scared right now looking for the exits. We're not gonna do anything (laughs) like that If you make this Bible passage about demons You missed the entire demonstration Of authority because we don't call it demons anymore in the ancient world. Everything was a demon runny nose demon I'm serious Mental illness was demon. They didn't have tests and pills and all this, so it was just a demon. Now, Do demons still exist today? Yes, but do we call them dysfunctions instead? I won't do it, but I was thinking about having you raise your hand if you came from a dysfunctional family. reason I won't do it, number one, it might cause you some tense conversations on the way home. I'm looking out for my teenagers. But I did it one time. I did it one time I said how many came from a dysfunctional family and I thought I would minister to 20% of the room. Every hand went up. When I when I think about the dysfunctions in my life, I have to be honest with you. I don't like to say this, but some of my dysfunctions I've really learned to love. I don't love the dysfunctions. I don't love the Devil. I don't love sin, but sometimes I love the way it makes me feel. That was too real for them. (laughs) You know how church people are. If you say anything that resembles real life, they stop shouting. If you put Jesus on a horse coming out the clouds, they shout. But when you say stuff like this… Dysfunction can be comfortable. Dysfunction Dysfunction can be a Snuggie. I mean, if you really want to feel good quick, let me tell you the best way to do it. Criticize somebody. Can we talk about this? how fun it is to be critical of others? It is amazing how quickly my dysfunction is swallowed up when I pick somebody. Who has a different dysfunction that I don't happen to struggle with, and put all of my energy rather than confronting my own dysfunction? If I can spend five minutes judging yours, come on, can we be honest? It's fun. Listen, it's fun. That's why they call it dysfunction. It's fun. It's fun to talk about. To talk about how other people should spend their money on what you would do if you were down and down, down. It's amazing. I love it. I I love my dysfunction. The the way that it, it comforts me. I love. Here's my favorite dysfunction. I love to indulge my insecurities. It feels humble. But really, what it does, it gives me an excuse to not fulfill my calling. But it's comfortable. So rather than come up to the level God has called me to, I indulge the insecurity. That's just the way I am. What'd you say? What did you say? Come out of what? Come out of the insecurity that has imprisoned you. This is a word for somebody who has gotten comfortable in your dysfunction. That was Stephen Furtick, and you can find that clip on YouTube if you search under Stephen Furtick Dysfunctional Comfort. And you can find out more information about him at his website, StephenFurtick.com. That is all I have for you today. Hope you have a wonderful day. I will see you again tomorrow.